All right, Buck Up Podcast, episode six. Uh, just me for this one again. Uh, just got off work and drive home. I got a lot of good ideas for stuff I, I think is really important I need to share with you all. Uh, I want to talk about the importance of thinking for yourself. So this is something that's become pretty rare uh, with the society that we live in. Uh, there's a lot of noise going on around us each and every day uh, from several different several different sources, whether that be your friends, your family, uh, the social media apps you choose to participate in, um, you know, all kinds of different stuff. Um, this makes it really tough to utilize your own brain. A lot of times I know uh, this for a fact. I've been there. You know, you just get caught up in the moment and uh, you start thinking back on stuff later and realize I was not giving that any consideration. Uh, why did I not speak up, uh, ask a question? Um have a different outlook on something. Um, and so that's kind of the basis of what I want to get into uh, on this one and how it actually significantly affected uh, or almost affected what I'm doing now. Um, so I got two different note pages here. I'm going to try to keep them straight. Uh, so yeah, I, I briefly mentioned in the last podcast at the end about you know some of the nutritional lies you're being sold. Um, I'm just going to hint on this briefly again. Uh, you know, we hear stuff all the time, like you need carbs for energy or, you know, I mentioned the vegetables and all that. Uh, what that does in your brain though, is like now every time you have energy for any reason, your brain associates that with, oh man, I need to consume carbohydrates. Now I'm not going to get into the whole nutritional debate of, you know, what you should be putting in your body and all that. The last episode I stay to do your own research and find what works for you um but you have to consider in this circumstance like you're automatically wired for thinking a certain way instead of you know possibly considering like maybe you got a good night's sleep or you know you've got your hormones balanced finally um but you just hear these sayings and these phrases from other people and just automatically put something in your mind of how you're supposed to think uh, which is a real problem. Uh, another point that I made, the same thing goes with credit scores. Credit is shoved down our throat as a model for life. Uh, it is ridiculous. It's the same way people look at you if you don't consume carbs. They look at you if you don't utilize credit. Um, you hear things all the time like, you need credit if you want to own a house or drive a nice car or be successful. None of this is true. Um, so instead of taking a step back and realizing that, you know, they might be onto something when, you know, you hear things like a great, a great Bible quote uh, that I, I talk about all the time. Uh, Dave Ramsey uses it. It's proverb 22, seven, the rich rule over the poor and the borrower slave of the lender. Um, you know, this can really be related back to the nutritional thing as well. Uh, no wonder they want you to be fat and lazy and spend all your money on stuff you can't afford uh, because they want you to be their slave. I mean, that's in the last two years, that's become even more apparent in this society that they want any ounce of power over you that they can have. So, you know, you really need to stop buying into everything you hear and stop taking stuff, you know, at first glance and really dig in, which is a lot of work. Uh, Clearly, 
And obviously you can't be, I know Dylan mentioned this, you can't be well-versed in everything. Um, you know, the stuff that's really important to you or the stuff that really affects your life daily, uh, probably become pretty educated on because you'd be doing it for multiple years. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so don't be slave to the system, any kind of system. That's not just the financial system or the nutritional system, uh, the educational system. All these systems, this systematic way of living is a terrible idea, in my opinion. I feel like everyone should kind of have free reign over their lives. Um, you'll see with like college education systems all the time now, just because it's, you know, a systematic approach to it that uh, you're taking pointless classes that you don't need, you're not interested in, uh, because you're basically slave to them. You need their degree to get whatever job you want. And, uh, you know, that it is what it is. And, you know, some of these things like that, there's not really a whole lot you can do about it. Um, but, you know, when you have the choice to make your own decisions and whatnot, that's something you definitely want to take advantage of. Uh, so that's really what I love about this podcast is it's just me. Um, I don't have anyone telling me what to say or uh, I'm not taking into, I really appreciate the positive feedback and I've gotten actually pretty much 95% of all of that from doing this. Uh, but if I were to get a negative comment, it is not going to affect me in the least way because I'm thinking for myself and doing exactly what I want to do. Uh, so, you, you know, I just can't really be phased by any, any negativity like that. Um, I'm obviously going to have successes and failures, um, but no one else's thought process is going to affect how I respond to those things that occur. Um, yeah, so anyways, that's really all I have on, uh, the, the soapbox for that. I want to kind of get into more meat and potatoes of, uh, what I'd like to share in this podcast. So during 75 hard, which was, I probably read this book about a month ago now. Uh, I read can't hurt me, can't hurt me by David Goggins. Uh, not familiar with who he was, who he is, I should say. Uh, but what his story was, what I meant to say, um, he joined the Air Force, got out, uh, started working a job he hated and kind of got fed up and just said, I'm not doing this anymore. Found out about the Navy SEALs, uh, went through, he's one of the, he might be the only guy or one of the only guys to go through three hell weeks, uh, in one year. And on his last try, got it, became a Navy SEAL, um, and then start doing things like ultra marathon running, um, you know, all kind of, uh, he held a pull up, pull up record for a while, which is all these amazing, I'll call them physical feats, but they're more mental than anything. Um, and that's really what he, he's all about is callousing your mind, becoming the most mentally tough person you can. Um, and I really resonate with everything he says and the way he says it. So I just want to read. I'm just going to go ahead and throw it out there in the beginning because I know most people don't hear someone read a book on a podcast, but it's like a page and a half, two pages. Uh, so I'm going to read this real quick and then kind of relate it to what I'm trying to get at here. I had a real hate for the instructors. They were my enemy and I was tired of them trying to burrow into my brain. I glanced at Brown and for the first time all week, he looked shaky. The whole crew did. Shit, I felt miserable too. My knee was the size of a grapefruit, and every time I took 
and every step I took torched my nerves, which is why I was searching for something to fuel me. I looked in on Psycho Pete. I was sick of that motherfucker. The instructors looked composed and comfortable. We were desperate, and they had what we need. Energy. It was time to flip the game and own real estate in their heads. When they clocked out that night and drove home after a pussy-ass eight-hour shift while we were still going hard, I wanted them thinking about boat crew, too. I wanted to haunt them when they slipped into, into bed with their wives. I wanted to occupy so much space in their minds that they couldn't even get it up. To me, that would be as powerful as putting a knife in their dick. So I deployed a process that I now call taking souls. I turned to Brown. You know why I call you freak? I asked. He looked over as we lowered the boat and lifted it overhead like creepy robots on reserve battery power. Because you're one of the baddest men I've ever seen in my damn life. He cracked a smile. You know what I say to these motherfuckers right here? I tip my elbow at the nine instructors gathered on the beach, drinking coffee and talking bullshit. I say they can go fuck themselves. Bill nodded and narrowed his eyes on, on our tormentors while I turned to the rest of the crew. Now let's throw this shit up high and show them and show them who we are. Fucking beautiful, Bill said. Let's do it. Within seconds, my whole team had life. We didn't just lift the boat overhead and set it down hard. We threw it up, caught it overhead, tapped the sand with it, threw it up high again. The results were immediate and undeniable. Our pain and exhaustion faded. Each rep made us stronger and faster, and each time we threw the boat up, we all chanted, you can't hurt boat crew too. That was our fuck you to the instructors. And we had their full attention as we soared on the second wind. On the toughest day of the hardest week in the world's toughest training, boat crew two was moving at lightning speed and making a mockery of hell week. The look on the instructors' faces told a story. Their mouths hung open like they were witnessing something nobody had ever seen before. Some averted their eyes, almost embarrassed. Only SPG looked satisfied. Yeah. Another page and a half, but uh, if you think about that for a little bit, uh, that's some really powerful shit. <clears throat> uh, so basically, coming into Hell Week, all the instructors try to tell them that uh, you know Wednesday is going to hit, and you're going to be tired, and you're going to have a hard time staying awake. Um, and you're going to be basically fucked up. Uh, and he wanted to flip the script on them, and basically say, "You're not going to tell me how to think. Uh, you're not going to tell me how to feel." We're going to be the most impressive group you've ever seen when Wednesday hits. Because that's what they started doing. When everyone's supposed to be tired and barely holding the, the boat, they hold uh, boats over their heads for like all their exercises and stuff. And they have to carry like the boat everywhere. And so when everyone's supposed to be tired and barely holding the thing up, they decided that uh, they're going to be pretty much the most insane crew that these instructors have ever seen. And so much so that uh, they were going to be thinking about it when they went home at night uh, and comparing themselves to them about, you know, I remember when I went through and there was no way I could do that. So how are these guys doing that? Uh, it's just through mental grit and mental toughness. Uh, so, I, you know, that really resonated with me. Uh, just thinking for yourself, like, I'm not going to take the negativity that's coming out of these guys' mouths and let it affect what I'm doing. Uh, I'm going to power through this through, you know, my own willpower and, uh, just not going to be phased by what anyone else is doing or saying or anyone else's expectations uh, for that matter. Uh, so, yeah, I love that book. It's a great book. I would recommend it to anyone. Uh, he talks like me, so uh, a lot of profanity in it. Uh, truly fires me up hearing stories like that. Uh, one other story that I want to briefly mention, uh, I had heard Andrew Huberman talk about it a little bit. 
I think on, I don't know if it's his podcast or being on someone else's. Uh, but he was talking about when you, when like, just say a, a friend of yours recommends a food for the first time and they really hype it up and they're telling you, oh man, it's so good. You're going to love it. It's going to be the best food you've ever had in your entire life. Uh, that automatically makes some kind of trigger in your brain to where if you just went and ate the food, it would be 10 times better than when you had it all hyped up and whatnot. Uh, so this, this is just another point in that uh, it, kind of the power that we give to other people, like it could actually be the best food you've ever had in your life, but it's going to be way less satisfying now that you already have this mindset going into it. Um, so that kind of brings me to my final point, uh, which is the story of pretty much how I almost quit hunting. So I consistently hunted all my life up until 16 years old. Uh, when I was 16, I think the last year I killed was like a doe. Uh, during, it might not have been a muzzler, but it was like a late season rifle doe. Um, and pretty much since the time that I had killed Big Poppy, I just heard all this noise about how I was never going to shoot another big buck or a deer bigger than him or how he had ruined hunting for me. Um, you know, it was never going to be the same. I probably should have never killed that deer. All this bullshit. People just kept feeding me. And so from ages 17 to 19, I just didn't hunt at all. Those thoughts finally caught up with me. Uh, Cause I killed him when I was like 12 years old and I just kept enjoying hunting or whatever. Um, then as I got older and I started having like other stuff to do relationships, uh, other interests, I just kept telling myself and selling myself on this lie that uh, like, no matter how much time I spent in the woods, there was no way I could enjoy it again because I had already achieved some masterpiece or something that's a really poor way, poor outlook to have on hunting. And now that I'm more mature, obviously I know that, you know, just doing your part in conservation and harvesting a lesser deer can have a great impact on continuing it for someone that hasn't killed that giant deer or needs the meat for their family. Like I just had a really shitty perspective on it. And it's something I kind of regret. Um, but yeah, I just let too many people's thoughts and opinions get into my head and I over time just convinced myself that that's how it was like how they saw it was how I was going to live it and finally you know I kind of lost all the other you know I quit playing sports um my parents moved so I sold all my project cars that I've been working on that 17 to 19 range <clears throat> 17 to 19 range um you know, a different, different girlfriend, like everything was just new. And I just really realized that I, like I had to find myself again and it ended up being through the outdoors, fortunately. And I have a much better perspective and outlook on that now. Um, but yeah, this just really something. And I had this thought, geez, I don't know, probably a week or two ago about, man, like that, that deer, you know, I made a note here about it's kind of crazy that you'd think a negative action would cause a result like this when really it's like one of the 
you know, one of the greatest achievements you could have in your life, but, you know, negative people will take that positive and play it down and try to make it, you know, make you feel less or ruin something that you love, uh, which is really unfortunate, but, you know, that's just the world we live in. Um, so yeah, just that's, you know, the advice I really felt like I needed to share was just, if you, if you love doing something, and just keep getting after it and literally do not give a fuck what anyone else thinks. Like, cause your, your life could be on a completely different tra trajectory. I mean, there's just, you never know how things are going to play out. When I was 17 to 19, you said I was going to be doing a hunting podcast or I have my own outdoor media website, stuff like that. I would have said, there's no way, man, I gave that stuff up. Like that, that's not for me anymore. Um, so yeah, if you really find what you love and what you're passionate about, or you've had to battle back for something that you love, <laughs> there ain't shit that anyone's going to take from you after that. Um, so yeah, just think for yourself and block out the noise. I mean, I know it's really hard a lot of times, but, um, uh, yeah, I just felt like I really need to share that. So I uh, hope you find some value in that. And if you have any questions on that, I'd definitely be open to answering them. Uh, I might've been a little vague on how I battled back from all that or if it's even relevant. Um, but yeah, appreciate you listening and hopefully it helps you. Thanks.